Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. The text for our Lenten meditation this day, the Gospel reading, the Passion according to St. Luke, chapter 22, verses 1 through 34, especially these words. And Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, for over 400 years, the children of Israel languished in burden and forced slavery in Egypt. For over 400 years, they cried out to God, for deliverance, for freedom, for salvation, for a great deliverer. And when the time was right, God raised up that great deliverer, Moses, a great prophet, an unlikely prophet, an unlikely hero. But God raised up Moses, and Moses went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord your God, let my people go. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not let the people go. Nine plagues followed. The nation of Egypt was brought to its knees. One more time, Moses went to Pharaoh. Thus says the Lord your God, let my people go. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Hardened beyond salvation. And he would not let the people go. And so then God prescribed the tenth plague the great plague, the most horrific plague. Exodus 11 records it this way. To Pharaoh, Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt, and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the castle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been nor ever will be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. The Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. The Lord makes a dis distinction between virtue and vice. The Lord makes a distinction between faith and unfaith. And so, God set in motion one of the most catastrophic plagues that you could possibly imagine. And also, 
divine salvation for the people of God. Salvation by blood. Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if a household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts of the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout all your generations as a statute forever you shall keep it as a feast Exodus 12 my friends our gospel reading for tonight follows the word of God every year the children of Israel celebrated the Passover, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. They did it as God prescribed. And as they did, they remembered. They remembered the strong and mighty arm of God that delivered their forefathers from the land of Egypt. They remembered that there is one true God and that all other gods are false gods. They remembered how God redeemed them from their bondage and their slavery and brought them to the promised land. As the disciples 
heard the instructions from Jesus to go and prepare for the Passover, I'm sure that they thought this year was going to be like any other year. This Passover celebration, this Passover meal was going to be like any other Passover meal. They had no idea. They had no idea what Jesus had in store for them. They also had no idea of the diabolical plans that were going on behind the scenes. A plot had been hatched. Yes, we have the chief priests and the scribes. We have Judas, who was the willing participant because he liked the cash. But we see in God's word that Satan is behind it all. Satan has stirred up the chief priests and the teachers of the law and even Judas himself. This is the hour of the power of darkness. Plotting and scheming against Jesus. It's almost as if Jesus is clueless. It's almost as if Jesus doesn't know what's going on. But he does. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows that these diabolical forces are at work. And he knows that he will be the victim. The victim all the way to Calvary's cross. Jesus sends out the disciples. They make preparations. And then in verse 15, Jesus said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. This Passover, this Passover meal, this feast of the unleavened bread, because this Passover is different. This Passover is the fulfillment of all the Passover celebrations that have taken place in the centuries before. This Passover is different because as you eat that spotless lamb or goat, as you remember the blood on the doorposts, one who stands before you is the Passover lamb. Jesus himself, who will suffer, who will shed his blood for the salvation, not only of the children of Israel, but for all people, for all time. This Passover is the fulfillment of the promises of God. Because God has taken on flesh and blood and dwells in their midst. For three years he has taught them and prepared them. The Son of Man will be betrayed and handed over. He will be mocked. He will suffer. He will die. And three days later he will rise from the dead. But it went over their heads. They didn't realize what Jesus was teaching them and preparing them for. And so now, they sit gathered for this Passover. And again, what would make this 
Passover meal any different than any other Passover meal. Unleavened bread, bitter herbs, four cups of diluted wine, each one surrounded by prayers, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers for God's presence. And then Jesus did something quite unexpected. He took the bread and he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples. And he said, this bread is my body given for you. And then he took the cup. They were all done drinking. But he instituted a new meal with an additional cup. Drink this cup. This cup is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. My friends, Jesus instituted a meal, a meal which we will celebrate in a few moments. A meal of deliverance, a meal of remembrance, a meal for the forgiveness of sins. When we read God's word from the Old Testament, especially places like Exodus 11 and 12, and we see God's command that the Passover meal should be continued forever. And then we think to our worship services, well, we don't have a Seder meal. Maybe we should replace our taco bar tonight with a Seder meal and do like they did in the Old Testament. Heaven forbid! That's been fulfilled. That's been fulfilled in the person and work of Christ. That's been fulfilled in the gift of the Lord's Supper. God's Passover meal for you. My friends, we sin. We sin daily and we sin much. We are in slavery, the bondage to our sin. And God paints the blood of the Lamb on our doorpost, the doorpost of our heart, the blood of Jesus Christ. God passes over us with His judgment and condemnation to eternal death. Instead, God feeds us with the medicine of immortality, the very body and blood of Jesus. An ongoing meal, which we often take for granted. An ongoing meal, which proclaims the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus for sinners like me. An ongoing meal, which gives us forgiveness and strength for our wilderness wanderings. You can imagine how the disciples must have been in awe and wondering what all of this meant as Jesus teaches them why this Passover meal, this Last Supper, 
is so special and so significant. You would have thought that the disciples, filled with the body and blood of Jesus, would go out and just be full of the Spirit. They would have been rejoicing in the presence of God. They would have been so focused on Christ and His work. But they weren't, were they? Almost immediately, a dispute arose among the disciples. Can you imagine that? The disciples were fighting with one another. And what were they fighting about? Who's more important? Who's more important? My friends, we fall into the same trap. We come into God's house. We hear God's word. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We eat and drink Christ's body and blood. And then we leave this place, and what do sinners do? They sin. They sin against their spouse. They sin against their brothers and sisters in Christ. Against their parents. Against their children. We sin daily. And we sin much. Jesus gives an extra warning to Peter. Peter, oh Peter, you are so full of yourself that you think you cannot fall. Satan has begged for your soul. But I've prayed for you. What did Peter respond with? Paul, I'm ready to go to prison with you. I'm ready to die for you. No, Peter. Before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. My friends, our lives are full of sin and betrayal. We sin not only against each other, but every time we sin against each other, we sin against God. We deserve nothing from our one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so what does God do? He has set us free from our slavery, but we continue to run back to our sin and run back to the chains that entangle us. What does God do? He says, I am eager to celebrate this Passover with you. I am eager to bring to you once again Forgiveness, life, and salvation. This is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Every day we toil against our own old Adam and the devil in the world that would love nothing more than to wrestle us out of Christ's hands as he did Judas. But no. 
God gives you Jesus. God delivers you from the bondage of your sin. And so we eagerly, eagerly run to God's house to hear his word, to receive his gifts, and especially to eat this Passover. May God grant us that spirit, not only during the Lenten season, but each and every day of our lives. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We stand and sing the offertory.